Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano, and thank you for listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show. Okay, we gotta have some kind of fun this evening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Let's talk about droids and stuff. <laughs> yeah, really. It was sad, and then she said she played that drinking game. Yeah. What was that? What was that abbreviation she was talking about? The um, EPX or the some game? I don't it know was, what it. I think it's with EA Games. It's like a thing that EA does. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I going. I don't know that one. I know the uh, the one from Cheers, where everyone says, "Hey, Norm," and you take a drink. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Norm. <laughs> well, they, someone, someone's planned like TV shows. Every time someone does this, everybody takes a drink. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Supernatural. Every time someone does this, take a drink. We had a teacher that was uh, stuck on your nose. Oh yeah. And everyone at school always like tallied up. They were like, okay. And then after school, you'd go out in the parking lot, and everybody would have to drink how many tallies oh. they had. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Based on how many times they said, you know, you know, because that yeah, for whatever reason, this one teacher we had in in high school was every like almost every other word, you know. Today, you know, we're gonna learn about you know the history, you know, of Europe, you know, and you know we're gonna have to go through you know fifty years of stuff, you know, in a very short time, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Classes blasted for their next class yep, yep. that's not and that's not a good representation of public speaking because in schools they try to kids take speech classes and teachers teach them how to speak and you're not supposed to say and like you know you know uh-huh you know um yeah let's um yes i only start doing that when i get tripped up or i'm thinking at five things at once Yes. Yeah. You know I'm that the same whole thing. thing about vampires saying, "Oh, we can think about many things at one time." I'm like, dude, I must be a vampire or something because I can so do that. <laughs> it's just when you start talking, you're like, it won't all come out. <laughs> do you move around every twenty years so no one notices? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, notice. Hey, she hasn't aged a bit. I am John, Wookiee impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. Eric of the Loch Ness and Jacob. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! I've been watching Buffy. How is, you know, I never got into Buffy. How is, how is Buffy? <laughs> it's, I didn't watch it when it first came out, and so I'm just now starting it where everybody watched it when it first came out, so uh-huh. it, it is an older show like Babylon 5, uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, there's um, there's there's aspects where you're just like, wow, that's cheesy, you know? Right. <laughs> like one of the fight scenes I was watching, and I was like, that is clearly not Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> <laughs> Someone messed up on some camera angles, <laughs> you know? Um, suddenly six inches taller and. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Her face changed a little bit. Yeah, her hair is three inches longer. Yeah. 
So that that part, I just sit there and I go, uh, you know, but um, the wig falls off. <laughs> yeah. Anybody that follows me on Twitter has seen me saying like, I, um, what did I do? Oh, I found I, I just noticed that Angel is a very dry person, like dry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Humor. Um, but I do really enjoy Spike. Um I kind of like that bad boy with a salt, like a little bit of, um, and a, and a vulnerable side. I like those type of characters. He's all, eh, 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 and then he goes, help me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I find those characters to be, uh, cool. Now saying that, don't ask me why I didn't like Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just don't. Well, cause he comes off a little whiny. Yes. He does he's come got off this, a little whiny, this... doesn't he? He's got the Skywalker whininess in him. Yeah, what's up with that? That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, really. I only am controlling this part of the Empire. What the hell's going on? Yeah. People always want something more, right? Grass is always greener. Yeah, he he wants what his dad... Um, or his uncle or... Or his grandpa, grandpa, sorry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, You and I were getting to the same spot eventually. <laughs> I know what you meant. That didn't sound right. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I saw a hot topic last week. Uh, the Ray, it's a, um, the Her Universe Ray. It look, it's like a, it's like a vest, but a sweater. It's that gauzy material, but it has holes where the shoulders are, and then things go on your arms a little bit farther down to look like you know Ray's. Mm-hmm. Oh, sleeves. Thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> I want that. But then they had a whole, like, Kylo Ren or dark side dress, which was black with red trim, and they had a leather jacket over it. I'm all, where's the money for this? Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, right? Wow. So. Yeah, um, she, she, she makes some great stuff over there. Oh. Then I want, I go, I want her workout stuff. I got to go to Kohl's for that? Like, her stuff is everywhere. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? That it's accessible. Yeah. Yeah, I like that it's become such a success, you know. Mm. Uh, it inspires, like, her workout stuff inspires ladies to wear it, ladies of all sizes. Like, she has dresses for ladies of all, um, um, ladies of all sizes and um, things like that. Like, everybody can be comfortable in her clothes. And some of it is Star Wars. Yes. A lot of it is, right? Star Wars and Marvel she does a lot of, right? Yes. What do you guys think about the whole Rogue One going back and I hear they might be doing some reshooting? Yeah, I, I don't I not I'm not worried about that. I don't think there's anything to worry about. They reshoot a lot of things on films. Yeah. Um my my initial thought which a lot of people online are saying no they're, they're just totally shooting it down, saying that's not why they do reshoots. But I thought this being a war film and we know nothing of any of these characters or who they are by the, when we see New Hope, that they're all dead. You know, right. Just like in Return of the Jedi, many Bothans died to bring us this information. Right. Yes. So I yes. was like, maybe many rebels had to die in this group to bring them the, the information. But my thought was, what if they have the film finished, like like they, they were basically saying, they saw a cut of it, watched the whole film as 
it is with all the effects and the put all cut together on their first cut, their first draft of it visually, you know, if you want to say. And visually with other people, maybe they bring, I don't know how they do it. Maybe they bring family members, some friends, and say, let's all sit down and give us your reactions of the first cut. And what if someone said, you know what? Jin is such a great character. She's got to live. Uh, Donnie Yen, oh my gosh, he was brilliant. I, I'm sad that he died. Forrest Whitaker, you've got an amazing actor there. Why aren't we going to reuse him for something mm-hmm. like down the road? So you call up some of these actors like them and say, hey, would you guys be willing to do more films somewhere else if we can fit you in or put right. your character in comics or any or books or whatever else? Because the audience that we first showed this to loves your characters. And now yeah. we're deciding maybe two or three of you guys are actually going to live through the film. So See, you come back and reshoot it. They, it. they now live through the film. You know, just ch- you just got to tweak it a little bit to make someone not die, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh, and then you've got Donnie Yen, Forrest Whitaker, and Jin Arso to use again. I think it's awesome that they're they're taking the care, and they realize. Well, obviously they're doing it because they realize it's a huge money maker for them, and if they mess it up, it's gonna. Yeah. In other words, the cost to reinvest or maybe even spend a couple million to reshoot some stuff is gonna more than pay for itself to make it an awesome movie. So I guess we have that going for it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, to say, you know what, like you were just saying, if some pieces don't work, or like, wow, we're getting a great response for Forrest Whitaker, who I love, it's like, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't whack him. You know, maybe he escapes in a pod or something. Yeah. You know, to be used later. Yeah. That was just kind of my thought on it. You know, like I'm not worried at all. I mean, yeah, I, wasn't I, I bet. Worried. I mean, I, I, I heard they did reshoots and pick up shoots at for uh, Star Wars and Empire and Jedi, and you know, so. You know, it's like they do this all the time. Yeah. I think they just need to hire me. So that way I can give you the exclusive interview. There you go. Yep, yep, that's what it is, yep. You can get us on set, too. Hell yeah. I would do everything in my ability. You We're know like, what we'll I mean? be Ewoks. We'll crawl around on our knees. <laughs> I tell you, uh, when the water rises, all the boats rise. That's my philosophy. <laughs> Yeah, right. More than enough to go around for everybody, in my opinion. And I see that Mike's here. Yes. Hello. Let's, Hello. Let's go ahead now that Mike's here, and we will do the formal introductions and get going. Oh, you were waiting for me? Oh, no, we weren't really we were... waiting. We just had we were just chatting and hadn't got to the uh, hey, listening yeah. to the Super Awesome Geek Show part, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we were hashing things out. Hey, yeah. There, there you go. Hack slashing. All right, guys, hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Super Awesome Geek Show. Let's say hello to Michael Munns. Hello, Mike. No, wait, that's me. So yeah, I, oh, yeah, so yeah, I hey. should not say hello and then everyone else should. I'm confused. <laughs> Michael, how you doing? Hi. Oh, I'm doing okay. I just came back from a five-hour role-playing session of Call of Cthulhu, for my, which was my first time ever, and... I didn't go crazy, but it turned out I did not exist. So that's, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. How do you play a character Otherwise, that doesn't exist? Well, we were all, it, it was like a one-shot session, and we were, all tur- we, we were all given characters, and it turned out that we the, the characters that we were actually playing had already died, except for this one guy. 
because we went to some horrible cultist place that we were trying to stop, and the we all got murdered in horribly brutal ways, except for the this one particular character who was um, so traumatized by by the whole event that he created all of these people in in his mind, and so we were basically playing out people and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we went to we went to stop the cult again, and found our own bodies, and things got progressively worse from there. So, yeah, but it was fun. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go on to Jason. Jason, what have you been doing today? Hello, everybody. Or this week. This week it has been the uh, Seattle International Film Festival. Yes. So I have been seeing films. It's really awesome. Not only is it inspiring, you know, we have all these different films and different genres, but it's also fun seeing people you know putting their stuff out there, you know, and getting it together and seeing them either as actors or producers or directors and seeing their work and getting inspired. And, uh, you know, next thing to seeing yourself on the screen is seeing your good friends on the screen, which is always <laughs> exciting, you know. So it's like, I want to be up there. I want to do that. I want to tell stories. So I am uh, I am freshly renewed with vigor to want to get out there and uh, and participate in telling some good stories in a very interesting way. All right. Yeah, I like the film festival for a few reasons. Seeing the local films and other small films that have been made. Uh, seeing the ones that are making the rounds of all the film festivals that have been winning awards. Right. And then also seeing older films that I've never seen on a big screen. You know, That's a great point. One film, such film was uh, Buster Keaton yeah. picture because they had re- uh... You know, they had remastered it, and yeah, being able to see that on the big screen, unfortunately, I couldn't make that work, but uh, yeah, they have a lot of those classics, which is always neat to see it on the big screen. And Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory uh, is going to uh, actually be coming out, not as part of SIF, but in in about a month through a Regal Cinema. So yeah. I, I would love to see the original Willy Wonka. To me, there's only one Willy Wonka. I love Johnny Depp, but Gene Wilder is it for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's coming to, uh, you know, local for a for a limited run so uh it's always nice to see those as they were meant to be seen you know in the cinemascope right or the yeah right the big form factor <laughs> nice yeah because a couple years back they had a like a katherine hepburn double feature and my friend and i went to that and got to see two of her films you know in black and white original as yeah. they were and just shown back to back and it was Isn't really cool that, there's just something magical i know home theater systems have come a long ways and you can get some large screens at your home but just uh well we saw a re-release of the of uh, the wizard of oz oh yeah it made its round and actually they had made it into a 3d oh um they had you know kind of gone through each frame and did the separation for 3d and you know it 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 wasn't it wasn't bad. It wasn't like ooh 3D, you know, kind of hand grabbing at you, grabbing at you. But it was hmm. more immersive, you know, and it was huh. just it was a great great experience. And just being in the cinema with all those people, just watching the those old films, I can imagine that Catherine Hepburn that must have been a blast. Yeah, that, and we were in the it, the old Egyptian down in Seattle, oh, yeah, so the, sure. the atmosphere was right because oh, it was like sure. a really old theater, and you're seeing this older movie, you know, and you're sitting in yep. those old style seats and everything. Yep. And I was like, wow, this is great. It's like just the whole thing was just an experience. Yeah. When you see it in a palace, so I guess I'll call it a palace. I mean, you know, 
back then what the Fifth Avenue used to be the uh, cinema, right? Yeah. But yeah, the Egyptian theater, you know, is a smaller form factor, but you know, good palace and yeah. I think they we, have a balcony there. They have the really high I, ceilings, right? I think they have a balcony. It's kind of a horseshoe shape, isn't it? If memory a little serves bit, me correctly, yeah. it kind of yeah. has that. It's kind it's of a great a ton of Egyptian space. motif stuff inside. Yeah, I, exactly. I actually wondered if at one point you should look at we should look it up. But I actually wondered if at one point if it was always just like an Egyptian styled thing, or if it was like a Mason building before, uh-huh. and then when the movie theater took it over, they just left all the Freemasonry uh, symbolism up, and it you know. Named it the Egyptian, just because a lot of their symbolism has Egyptian style in there. Let's put a shout out to anybody who owns the Egyptian theater or <laughs> a smaller form factor. Super Awesome Geek Show would do a remote broadcast from there. How's that? <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Go. We could we could announce a movie and then talk about sure. it after. That'd be yeah, cool. like an old sci-fi creature from the Black Lagoon. I remember seeing. Oh, that. there we go. Yeah. 3D film at the Greenwood Cinema. Oh no, we gotta get him to do Kong versus Godzilla. That's <laughs> more. All right, all right. Very good. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Christina, how's it going? It's going good. How's your week been? Um. Well, um, school ended on Wednesday, so I'm out for the summer. Yeah. Um, right. And then, uh, um, like I said, been catching up on shows. It's like, I got time now. Time? What's that? Exactly. <laughs> well, I got a little bit of time. Um, so it was just nice waking up late. <laughs> time? Wow, it's 9 o'clock. I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> time. So, Are you, you know, saying you're in your pajamas now? No, actually. Um, Star Wars shirt. Oh, well, a surprise, surprise. You know, short Star Wars shirt. Although uh, California has been having uh, opposite weather of everybody else, everybody else is complaining they're hot. I'm like, eh, it's 70 today. Well, it's, so it's probably only cold? it's probably only 60, 70 here today, right, guys? It's not that hot today. I would say it's it not. Wasn't, yeah, I wore a jacket. Yeah. Oh, see, okay, good. With a t- with a t-shirt. It wasn't like at the beginning of the week where it was hitting close to 90. You know. Yeah, it's like all Seattle was sweltering. I'm like, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason the wind stopped. Like, like there's always wind in Seattle. <laughs> right. And then right. the day that we have like this hottest day in a long time, the wind stopped. So you don't even <laughs> was, get a breeze. <laughs> that was old man Burns and his wind blocking machine. Was it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> old Burns, you. So yeah, that's it. So like, like I said earlier, watching Buffy. Getting jazzed about Babylon 5, all that. Mm. Old shows now, man. I've been re-watching uh, Game of Thrones from season one. I just just I got back that. into season two. Um, and the, the thing that's amazing to me is if you are, if any listeners or anyone who's on is watching currently the season that's on of um, Game of Thrones, it's interesting to go back and, I mean... I would say at least watch season one because the funny thing is, is I never realized that Alia met the, um, or Aria, right? Is it Aria? The youngest girl? Yeah. She met the multi-faced God, the many-faced God in, he was in with like the the guys who were captured in like the season in like somewhere halfway through season one. And I was like, holy crap. So he's been watching her and following her 
all this time until he finally gets her in the uh you know the wow. last couple seasons and has her under his tutelage if you could say that you know i don't think she likes being there and then uh the other thing was is just um how like the red witch who's the fire lady there who believes in the one god or whatever she uh you can see every time she like drinks poison that's that's killing somebody else or shows her powers the necklace glows and i was wondering about that because like when she took the necklace off in this season and anyone who's watching has seen what happens now you know there's like wow has you know it made you think like i never noticed the necklace before so but now that i'm watching season one again i'm like they had this all the way from the beginning you know like just subtle things that are just kind of weird that have been there all the way from the beginning that i'm now just noticing you know okay it's pretty cool (laughs) i i know what else i wanted to say and i bet john can guess what it is we want to talk about the the drawings the star wars contest Yes. We have had a few entries. Um, there's, what, almost eight, nine? Something like that. Yeah. Um, so I was hoping check. to at least have ten. Yeah, I think I think you'll probably have a couple more people. Usually if I tweet people and say, I don't, and it's like, okay, are you just not seeing my tweets? Or what, there are people that follow me. I'm just like, hey, you're doing good at drawing. Why don't you enter? And they're like, oh, okay, cool. I will. Or they get their kids to, I'm like, scratching my head going, okay, then. Come <laughs> on now. So that's what I've been thought. Okay, that's the approach. Hey, looks like you're drawing. You should enter, you know. But yeah, so they're if, really good. That BB-8 is amazing. Yeah, he was good. I like the little kid ones. The kid ones were amazing, too. There's um two or three of those. Oh, no, was there's the, four. Wasn't there one, like, that was an R... R9, uh, it was like a R2-D2, but it was, um, let me see if I can, there it is, R9-T3. <laughs> that was probably my stupid little R2-D2. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> How did you come up with the naming of R9-T3? I don't know, I just said what sounds good. <laughs> oh, okay, that is so funny. Uh, yeah, there's there's some pretty cool ones, Um and I just, I, I'm excited because I want to see more. Like, I want more people to draw or enter Star Wars art. That's why I figured, okay, you're not good at drawing droids. Why don't you enter some Star Wars art? You know? I'm like, ah. So, it'll be my mission this week to get, try and get some uh, new entries. Yeah, we're going to let that contest go till, what did we say, the 26th? Mm-hmm. And then on that episode that we record on the 27th or whatever it would be, 25th whatever that Sunday is. Yes. We will record that episode, choose a winner randomly from all the entries. And then when that episode goes up on that following Monday, everyone will get to hear who wins. And we will of course announce it on Twitter and all that and Instagram. Right. And if and you want to, are you going to be doing the choosing and pulling out of the hat? Yeah, we'll just, we'll just pull them all. Well, we'll, what I think we'll do is, um, I can announce, we'll announce each name of the people who've entered and, those of us who are on the show that day, maybe we can, um, you know, because if you hashtag draw a droid contest, we will have all the entries there so that we can each just go there and look down the list and go look at Billy's. And then we can go look at 
Bob's. And then we can go look at Harold's and Susie's and Jane drew this nice one. And then uh, they'll all be in a hat. We'll pick one to win the first droid. And then we'll pick a second one to win the second droid. Go on from there. Sound good? Yeah. Sounds good. I'm excited. And any Star Wars art counts. Anything you put together. Even if you've already done it years ago and you just want to show it off now. Hashtag draw droid contest on Twitter and Instagram. Show us the pictures of your art. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> All the cool people are doing it. Yes, yeah. even five-year-olds. And I think one of them was a three-year-old. Come on now, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael, you got some announcements to make, don't you? Oh, just just one really at this point. Uh, I've got I might have mentioned it earlier on earlier shows, but I'm, I'm finally coming out with a third book in my sci-fi series, The New Aeneid Cycle, which uh, will be called A Dragon at the Gate, and that's going to be coming out August 17th. Um, I'm planning to put it up for pre-order. Well, actually, right now the thing that's it's we're, we're waiting on the cover design, so that's that's the last thing I have to get, and the cover designer's been slightly delayed. So, um, but yeah, the, the the big thing is I will to, actually it's two parts. Like I said, there will be a, a pre-order coming up soon. Don't exactly know when. And the other thing is I'm for all of the um, the are uh, my super awesome geek show co-hosts. Um, there's going to be a a advanced review copy if anyone is interested in reading uh, because hopefully john's letting me yammer about it later on in august so yeah yeah Woo-hoo! we'll definitely read it we'll be excited mm-hmm. although i'm the... gonna have to read the other two real quick <laughs> well it's the third it, it is the third book in the series but i actually did try to write it to where you could just pick it up i mean you know i would like people to read the other books too but it, you can I, I actually had someone test it for me who hadn't read the other two books, and they said, yeah, aside for some small background details about this particular character who didn't have a major part in the third one anyway, um, yeah, he said it worked just fine, and he oh, liked good. it. So, so yeah. Awesome. It's really cool when they kind of work as standalones as well as connected books. Right. Yeah. yeah, I really try to do that just because I hate... Uh, I, I don't, if I know something is in a series going forward... Then I'm okay. Okay, I'm okay with it if I start reading it. But I'd like to know that ahead of time. And I don't know if anyone has ever read Hyperion, who's on the show right now. No, I'm but familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's basically the first book. There's kind of two books. Okay, there's four books total. There's like a part one and a part two. So books one and two form part one, kind of, and then books three and four take place like 300 years later. But you get to the end of the first book which is kind of, it's structured like the Canterbury Tales, so you've got these pilgrims who are each telling stories which have certain overlapping elements in them, which is pretty cool. So the stories themselves are kind of self-contained, but they're also on this journey to visit the the time tombs, which are traveling backward in time, and there's this thing called the Shrike, which is killing everyone there. But you get to the, they finally get to the tombs at the end of the first book, and they... I wasn't expecting, you know, I was waiting for some sort of climax or something, but the, you know, the last page of the book is them all joining hands and singing something from the Wizard of Oz as they go down into the, into the tombs, and then you have to read the next book. Well, so how, how is that process? You know, you finish your book, you say you're going through the process of picking out mm-hmm. your book cover right now. Yeah. Holy smokes. I mean, 
How, how do you – is that stressful? I would think that because of all the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours you put in in writing and yeah. rewriting and editing, and it's like it's going to come down to – I mean, you know, I know you don't judge a book by its cover, but, I mean, that is well, gonna something that's going to capture the eye, right? So how, right. Is that the, stressful as heck? The, the more modern saying is you don't make sure your book has a good cover because people <laughs> right. judge it, especially right. on Amazon. <laughs> Thing. So it's 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 a little nerve wracking, but it's also exciting because I, I have you know, came up with some ideas. And before um, my previous publisher dissolved, I had talked about it with some my book manager there, and so we had kind of worked out a concept. And I've been working with the cover designer to sort of make sure that concept is understood. And she's going to be doing some drawing a little bit, and I'm anxious to see how it comes together. And there is a little bit of, of of nervousness, of worrying, like, well, what if what she puts together isn't really what I like, and you know, it takes more more tweaking, or or it just doesn't work. Um, so I'm a little worried about that. But I think I'm I've I've worked with this designer before. She's done both the other books in this series, so I'm pretty. Her name is Amalia Chitulescu, um, and I'm pretty confident in, in her abilities. So I'm mostly just really eager to see it so is is the is the extra pressure there because you know when you first were you know explaining that i'm going well why don't you just say no and then you just you know wait for another one but you're also under a timeline probably to get it out and published right is that what's kind of also adding a little bit of extra stress a little bit it's it's actually uh, there's some because i'm trying to get you know marketing and everything sort of lined up to happen in august where you know you want to come up with certain marketing concepts and build on them. Sure. And so, yeah, I, I, it, we, now that I've actually selected a, a date, it uh, there's a little bit more anxiety there just because okay. it, certain things have to happen. But now that I mean, the only thing left at this point is is the cover. And, I mean, the layout's been done, the, the editing's been done, the proofreading's done. So, and actually we didn't, I didn't pick the, the release date until all of those steps were really done. I mean, I had a goal of you know, late August sometime, but there was, if things had completely fallen apart, I didn't commit to any, I, I sort of, I took a page from Blizzard and didn't yeah, there you go. commit to a release date until I was really pretty sure about stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Now I'm just, I just have to worry about people, you know, hating the book or. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, I had been told by a number of people that sometimes the, um, bad reviews or things like that actually elevate you a little higher than the good reviews on certain things. Well, I know so, that every... so they were like, any review counts and gets you pushed yeah. up on the list, you know? Yeah, I think from what, you know, the the the, the, the mysterious Amazon search algorithm, which is yeah. you know, of the publishing world at this point, it's, from what I understand, it takes into account the number of reviews rather than, I mean, rating is, is important too, but if you've got like... If you've got two five-star reviews, that's not nearly as good as maybe you know ten mediocre. Just gotcha. Because, oh no, kidding. Well, there, but yeah, it's a weird thing. I, I was told, yeah. Yeah, but the, yeah, the, the review, the, the number of reviews itself is 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 valuable. So. So we'll oh. all just go on for you, Mike, and just say, "Hey, this is crap. This is garbage." And then, you know, <laughs> well, boost it all up for you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am giving out um, some some other advanced review copies, and I'm saying because I, I try to be really. There's some authors out there who just will, you know, they'll pay for reviews, or or some one guy I ran into was writing his own reviews, which I thought was really 
cheesy and dumb. Writing yeah. Yeah. yeah that, so I've yeah. always really tried to be, you know, have a lot of integrity there and just say, uh, when, I've, when I give out review copies, they're like, please give me an honest review. I don't want, you know, I mean, as much as I would love to have all fantastic, outstanding reviews, that's not, you know, I want it to be honest and I want to be able to actually look at people and say, hey, someone has read this and actually did like it. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Reviews, I think, I find is a difficult thing because, um, like, I I notice some podcasts have, like, 40 or 50 people that have reviewed them and ours has like six or seven and i'm like hey, listening you should review the podcast yeah like so speaking of reviews everyone listening <laughs> please go review our podcast on itunes and soon to be on google play <laughs> be the first to review it on google play <laughs> there you go and now uh, we'll and all then, be the first to review michael's book when it comes out and then people really know when i like a book i mean it's really hard <laughs> It's yeah. really hard to tell when I like something. I mean, I don't know. You really have to pull it out of me. <laughs> so <laughs> as, as as far as su- supporting, you know, you as the author, is there a channel in which myself and the listeners can purchase that you'll get kind of that's, you know, a little more share like Amazon or opposed to maybe using another direct sale kind of model? Is there, a, is there an avenue or is it kind of all the same? It's roughly all the same. I mean, it's it's so the difference, and there's a few differences here and there, but it's the differences are so um, small that I'm just like, hey, I'm just happy to have you buy the book, okay. <laughs> and you know, whatever works best for you, that's that's what I will encourage. So. Whatever's the most convenient, just buy the book. Well, pretty much. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's called Dragons at the Gate. No, a dragon at the gate. A dragon at the gate. Yeah, all right. The, the first. It's right was trying to figure out what the name of the third one and I just realized I should stick with the general naming convention of the first two which so the first one is a shadow in the flames and then there's a memory in the black so I knew I had to have a noun you know at preposition the, <laughs> at, yeah at the, so yes no that works that's good unlike and, Zeus is dead well that's a different series <laughs> I know that's my favorite <laughs> one <laughs> Well, in case this... anybody didn't know, I didn't like that yeah. book at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you make this into a motion picture, as long as I get a chance to audition for it, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. Make it, and then you'll make a, <laughs> and then you'll make a CG character that I can voice actor. There you go. Voice well, of... you can be, you can, you could. We did. There is an AI who just doesn't have an actual body. So you, oh, there you, you go. You, I... you could be the voice of holes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. What's the uh, what, what's what's your particular acting strength, Jason? Uh, he's really good at being a character named Jason Connolly. Yes, that is the you best. Unfortunately, I don't have any of those in the book. <laughs> I mean, as but maybe the next one. So when you say acting strength, what what exactly are well, you? Well, I mean, I guess what what sort of I'm, I'm right now. I'm thinking of you, you've got me now thinking down the, that all author does all all authors do whether or not they admit it is to imagine who would play whom in the, in the movie. Ooh, yeah. So okay. so now I'm wondering what, what what sort of what types of roles would you be interested in so that yeah. I can then, you know, Yes, I would I, say I, I wouldn't say for that particular genre I wouldn't I would say the guy that's just off center of the lead, perhaps the comic relief, perhaps the who's kind of the the co the buddy to the uh to the the main hero of the picture i would say well, then i'm think 
King, you would definitely be Felix then in this particular. Felix, I'm yes, right Felix. Now. He's he's sort of a main character on his own, but he's he's just off the main main character. That's that's a me, me good vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> Felix, yeah, I wrote and he's, it down. he's he he he's the one who his coping mechanism is humor, and he yeah. will, he'll make jokes sometimes when he really shouldn't be making jokes, but he, they come out anyway. And I do that all the time. You can ask my wife. Ah, like Rocket, <laughs> Rocket, right? A little bit like him, yeah. Although uh, Rocket and Felix are far different people. <laughs> I would imagine, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have my acting headshot on my Facebook account, so you can kind of, you know, visualize me and uh... <laughs> Felix. That's really awesome. See, I love, I love, love, love talking to to writers and understanding, you know, how do they formulate their character in their mind and what's the process for as they develop their character and how they grow the character. How do they track their character's traits throughout not only the story, but if that character is in, in multiple books, you know, how do they main, you know, how do they maintain the continuity? Cause as an actor, I like to plug into that, figure out, Oh, Hey, that's a great way. Cause ultimately I want to find my way into the character and I'll exploit whatever philosophy I can to find my doorway into the character. But having an understanding of how the writers actually create the world gives me some great insight of going, hey, I can try that as a way in, or I can try that as an approach to a character, so I'm very interested. Yeah, you know, with, with, with Felix especially, I'll just use him as an example. I mean, I had, when I way, I just started, the sci-fi series is the first thing I really wrote um, in terms of, you know, novel-length stuff. So I, and that was a long time ago that I first started the very first book. And so Felix, I had in my head some certain traits. I had the whole he was originally supposed to be a lot more of a con man than huh. he turned out to be. He was actually, he, he, he I don't want to say softened up, but he, he became a little bit more benevolent, but I knew he was, had this, you know, the, the humor as a, as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. trade. I knew that he was sort of a philosophical type and various other things. I also knew that, um, this is kind of a spoiler for the first book, but it's not a major one that he's, he has the memories of someone else implanted in his head, like a 70-year-old man who was a donor on some project he got involved in. And so he's he's also has a tendency to, to reference older, like, basically, it was kind of an excuse, I admit, to throw in um, pop culture references from the late 80s and early 90s, <laughs> things like that, uh, occasionally. But And then he, he goes through certain changes during the, the course of the books, but... I found myself when I started writing the third book, I had because I had actually taken a break from the series and I had to write some other stuff, uh-huh. and I had to go back and just reread the other two books just to remember, you know, who exactly he was, you know, who, who he was, and to get him get back into into his head so I could better write him for the fourth or third one. But so a peek into the writer's mind, you said something about how the character has actually changed. He became softer i think was the word that you used than your original intent how does that happen when you say when when a character evolves is that just you've just given a lot of mind share to it and you you're thinking about it or you're writing along and a situation comes up in which you want to change the character's response how does a how does that character evolve it can it it kind of can work in a couple different ways in felix's uh, situation he 
I had come up with the concept, and then when I started putting pen to paper, I mean, nothing really happened in the sense that uh, the course of the story that made me want to change him. I just thought, well, he, he would just – he felt better to me being a little bit less of a jerk. Mm-hmm. And plus, I think some of the – in the first book, the main character kind of needs a particular friend looking out for him. And so in order for, for Felix to take interest in the main character, I, that sort of – he just had to be a little bit better of a person. Um, but I've, you do run into things where, like you're writing and, and, and I'm thinking of other characters now, and this, there's certain, you know, anytime you, you put yourself right into the situation when you're writing it, you right. can, you see it from different, uh, perspectives as opposed to like planning it, you know, oh, like maybe in 10 chapters, this will happen. And then when you finally get those 10 chapters or you write the other 10 chapters and you're there and you're writing, you know, that particular piece and then you you you're more immersed in it so you see various emotional um tracks that you might take or various reactions the character might have or or you also see like if person a did x then that will affect person b's you know outlook and and it might you know lead someone else down a different path to kind of screw up your plot <laughs> right, right. anyway so, so you've got a, a kind of a, a choice to make like do i want to have this person continue to act in the or act in the way that i originally thought he would and let the the plot change with that or do i you know if if it's if it's a trait that, that hasn't really been established yet that you can you know can easily just avoid rather than not rather than making the character not seem true to themselves uh-huh you know then that's it's easier to make that change but so it sounds like, you know, actually there's a multi-layer evolution happening, not only as you as a writer, as, you know, you might get yourself cornered in a particular plot twist, or it simply might go down a different road that you had not envisioned initially when you thought about your character's response, especially when you're multiple chapters ahead. Mm-hmm. But also the point is, is you probably get more emotionally tied to the character the more time you spend with them, That's and that probably helps point. them grow as well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. actually hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, that's that's a very good point. Um, there are places where I have, and actually, every almost every book I've written, and I've written this would be the fifth one that I've actually gotten completed, where I realized that I have gotten to a point in the book where I thought things would just be kind of so simple here and just unfold easily, and then I realize, well, wait a minute, this person has has a stake in this particular part of the book and you know they're tied to this character in that way and this person would really not be doing the things that i need him to do and that's going to cause a problem or mm-hmm. and i've suddenly i it's like you hit a wall and i'm like oh i need to rethink this <laughs> <laughs> and that's usually i mean looking back on it that's really a good spot to get to because you know, it makes you reevaluate everything and you have to change things and things are always changed for the better. But when, when I'm in it and I hit that spot, it's like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the momentum just goes out the window and I have to stop. It's like, I, it's like you're carrying a whole tray of dishes or something and you just drop them and you yeah. have to pick everything else up and put it back together and, and realize that, Oh, this person would never do this thing that I had, I had needed him to do. If, his life depended on it, and like, oh, okay, that's yeah. So this is great. So, do you have any tips for any of the 
you know, aspiring writers or writers that are out there, when you do get in a pickle like that and you drop the trade points, <laughs> right? Is there anything – what do you do to help kickstart you out of that or you just kind of live in it, experience it, and then hopefully it will shake out? Well, it I mean it depends on how you write. I, I, I like to front load all of the – you know, the most of the planning and the work. Um, so I, I like to outline everything. I like to get a really good sense of the characters and just, you know, figure out, okay, the plot's generally going to work this way and these okay. – character beats are going to happen here and his if you know if i have someone who's on a particular character arc i want to make sure that that gets supported or he's not just you know oh i'm going to change this way because the author said i have to do that <laughs> uh, so i like i like to plan stuff out and so usually when i drop the tray i guess we'll go with that metaphor now <laughs> um it's where i realize that the things i planned aren't quite going to make sense and i need to step back again and just just because you know, when you start writing the book, you know some things, but after you've written, say, two thirds of the way through, you know a lot more about the characters and, and the more there's like little details that just come in that you need to make up on the fly. So, you know, it, it, you've just sort of built more of a world at that point and you just kind of need to step back and at least for me, just get all really I go into planning mode again and I just think, OK, I've, you know, this this uh, sorry, like you know, on how to how to verbally explain it, <laughs> but yeah, you just you just go, you have to you realize that you're you're gonna lose momentum, but you need to. It's like if you're lost in the woods, you need to stop and find a you know a tall tree and climb up and look around and see where you are. And, yeah, I have a question. Have you ever um, like I've beta read for a few um, authors before who are writing a series like I started with their series and so you know they'll tell me okay I'm almost done with the next the second book you know can you uh read for me make sure the characters are staying not you know staying stagnant mm -hmm. but do the characters flow according to how you met them in the other book are they growing are they learning you know all those hard questions that people just read and go oh that was a good book oh that was a good book <laughs> uh -huh. you know they, they want the deep meaty questions am i portraying my character as someone who's going through something learning from it growing mm -hmm. or is this character acting way out of character and i've given you no explanation for it? if so say so right you know, um, do you do you ask people those kinds of things? I do. I usually when I'm, I've been writing a book, I've got like two or three people reading uh, people that I trust not to just to basically to tell me the truth. Who, who right. Knows, like if something's not working, I need to know that. Um, right. So, yeah. And and I've actually the last book, I got even more detailed on it. I I found a, a few beta readers and i had I, I gave them chapter by chapter and at the end of each chapter i asked you know a couple some general questions like you know what, what I, I like to know what the reader is thinking right when the chapter ends oh, which is just yeah. kind of it's just fun for me as a storyteller to see you know where where their focus is what they're wanting to know and what they're feeling and wondering um so i asked that and i asked you know did anything particularly look good did anything particularly work work, work badly and those are the questions I ask on each chapter. And then if there's something specific I'm, I'm wanting to know, like if I didn't think a particular section was, if it was clear or not, or, or if a, a, a major character changed, you know, was that well supported? And right. basically, if you know, if I've, if I have a question, I, I put the question there. 
and that was really helpful um, just to make sure that, you know, that what's in my head gets on the page. Because, right. You know, as an author, you're writing and you know, you know, if you're describing a house, you can see it in your head, but you're not, and you might forget to tell, you know, say what the color of the trim is or various things and leave out details that you assume they know just because you know. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> or could it could go the other way around where you maybe put in too much detail. That also, in which, is, in yeah. which case, it makes the story kind of drag. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had I've had had some feedback saying, yeah, that's just, we don't really don't need the, you know the intrical the intricate uh, details of what this AI is thinking in this particular yeah. is. I have a couple. There's two AI characters in the second book in the third book, and one is extremely. I'm trying to avoid the word alien, but it's. <laughs> It's different, <laughs> and, and I want to, and I try to write it in a very uh, different uh, uh, way, so it's to show it, it thinks differently from, from you know, from the average person or from you know an organic being, and, and I, and, and even, so it's always even differently than the other AI, right? A little bit, yeah, yeah. And so it's 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 hard to balance that because I mean, there's if you, if if the entire chapter were written from this this character's perspective or the entire book i mean from the character's perspective i mean i myself as the writer would throw it across the room because i could not <laughs> read an entire you know book of of this particular ai's point of view um so i've, I've i do worry about making those sections too long and i've, I've had some good mm -hmm. feedback on like oh, this is that's i mean i see what you're going for but there's really we already know and understand that we don't need to have another three or four or five or seven paragraphs of <laughs> You know, it's so critical, I think, to have feedback from people you can know and trust. Because mm -hmm. I know for me as a as a visual performer, as an actor, that's so critical. But people, I have find, they often, they want to be so kind and they do want to be supportive. But sometimes they have problems, me perhaps telling me if it's really not on the mark. Now, my right. wife has no problem saying, Jason, you just missed the mark. <laughs> yeah, I need to do the homework a little bit more. Yeah. How do you solicit feedback, or, or do you have a, an approach? I'm trying to get some coaching from you actually here on yeah. this. Is yeah. how do you how do you approach people to solicit feedback? Where hey, you know, I take feedback really, really well. It's important mm -hmm. to me. Not that you're hunting for bad stuff. I mean, I also want to hear what am I doing right because right. I think it's just as important, right? I mean, yeah. it's easy to say, okay, I can work on That's this and this. You going? <laughs> but I think what also what I'm doing properly is also just as helpful, so I know what to keep doing. Right. Yeah. Right. How do you do you have an approach that you use for folks when you're trying to solicit that kind of honest feedback? Um, it depends. I mean, usually most of the people that I've had read my stuff um, are people that I know really, really closely anyway. So okay. I just feel, you know, I, I, I've because I, I have to have. I'm kind of a, I'm a pretty private person, so in order for me to let someone read something and that it's it's not finished yet, I have to trust them a lot anyway. <laughs> and so it's easier to to say, hey, I need you know if this is, let me know what you think, and I need to, I like to know. I I usually will say, um, any, you know, I I will ask for comments and criticism. So it's sort of like I imply that you know I I want to hear the good stuff, but please tell me the bad stuff. Um, and then with as, there's one beta reader who I that was just signed up on my mailing list, and I I forget actually how I got in touch with him i think i just said hey i'm looking for a few volunteers and so i didn't know him as well but i was you know 
he liked my writing already, so I'm like, okay, well, he's he's got some. Con- I mean, you know, you yeah. know, you know. I almost said he's got a good taste, but that I was mean, joking. He's got some context <laughs> there, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So it was, I guess, in the context of, hey, I need a beta reader. Right. Would you be willing to? Because I said it right up front, and this is obviously different from writing a book than it's supposed to, you know, visual drawing because, um, you know, you you don't have chapters, I assume. <laughs> And you can't, you, you <laughs> yeah. can't like draw, draw part of. I, uh, by the way, I cannot draw at all. <laughs> so if I'm mangling your process, let me know. But you, like, you can't draw a piece of the painting or the piece of the picture and then hand it off for for comments. Right. But when I when I but with the chapters, I can do that, and I have to I have to say, you know, if you're going to be baiting, beta reading for me, I am going to be asking you these questions. I need to make sure that you tell me the, you know, basically give me your honest feedback. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry go I, ahead. I'm getting caught up in this. Go ahead. I, I was just saying, as a from a beta reader's point of view, I've had one author that, um, um, I don't know if you're aware of the Voxer app. Um, mm. it, it makes things, your phone kind of like a walkie-talkie, so to speak. Yep. Um, and with her, I, w- I went back and forth on the Voxer app with her, and she goes, I love this. You're reading it live, and you're just <laughs> talking to me back and forth. And I, I, I can be that kind of beta reader sometimes. Sometimes I sit and I'm silent for a day and a half or two days, however long it takes me to get through what I'm supposed to read. Um, because if I'm asked to read something and I'm put under a deadline, I sit and read it. If I'm reading something just to read it, sometimes I can take a while because other things distract me, as Mike knows. Or, <laughs> or if I'm just on like a book binge, which... Um, I haven't been on a book binge in a while since I think Zeus and uh, another book. Like I read like three books back to back to back. And then I was just like, okay, I have serious book hangover. And I did go back, (laughs) you know. Um, But uh, yeah. And so she and I were going back and forth on Voxer. And it was neat because she was like, yes, yes, this is what I want you to feel. Yes, you're feeling exactly what I want, you know. and forth and then another one um we were just using um private messages and i said well okay this or like i was emailing her back and forth and she was like yes okay that wasn't quite clear to you i will fix that Mm -hmm. like because i have read her other books before she knows the responses i give so she's like um you're not getting what i was hoping you'd getting so i need to go back and she even said that thank you she goes thank you i need to go back Mm -hmm. and fix that but it wasn't from a negative comment that I made, mm-hmm. it was, I just said, well, they're doing this. I said, did I read too fast that I missed this? And she goes, no, no, no. Um, I'm going to go back through and fix it. So I, that's what I like about beta reading. And one of them was for a wolf series book. So I said, I'm like the, uh, beta to the alpha. Yeah. And we were just, <laughs> making... <laughs> it was, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. I, I enjoy beta reading. I enjoy reading the books before they hit, um, because then usually those authors, I was on a like a blog tour, and so those books would come out in a big debut day. Then I could post my review, and I'm like, I already read the book. <laughs> <You know? laughs> usually I'd sign up for the first or second day because read the book already, you know. <laughs> um, but I loved doing the cover reveals too. You know, um, I don't do that as much anymore, but uh, if asked, I will. Um, but yeah, that's that. like when you said you look for the feedback, I love giving, uh, the feedback. And then I have two really close friends who, um, who are writing and they'll send like chapters at a time and say, 
what do you think? Are you mm-hmm. getting the point here? And I'll mm-hmm. be like, yeah. And one of them, you know, I had to be honest and say, you know, I'm really not connecting with this character. I find her flat. And I said, you know how much it pains me to say something negative about your right. Cause we're that close, you know? And I'm like, but I know mm-hmm. you're struggling and maybe this is why you're struggling. And she goes, you know, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> I think, it, I think it helped bit. you know, I don't like to really criticize people's writings. I'll just say, well, I really didn't understand this part or like this part. Is that, am I understanding this correctly? You know, um, I'll just say this part wasn't for me. Um, and, and I'll be honest but that. I won't say, you know, writing is terrible because I'm not the one to tell you the writing is terrible, that you have grammatical errors and comma errors and things. I'm not the one to tell you that because I, <laughs> I, I will notice spelling errors if it's truly huge, you know, <laughs> but usually I read, I just read and I take in the character. I soak it in, you know, and if a book that you write stays with me for a while, I'll be sitting there going, wow. Like I just did one for, um, someone on Twitter that she was doing that. I don't know if you guys are aware the people do that pit mad thing. They, uh, they write a what is it called a pitch yeah to their book and then they um, hashtag it pit mad and they put a letter or a number or whatever with it and uh, the agents favored it and if they favored it they ask you to send it to them and stuff like that um i read one of those and um um even to this day i'm sitting there going whoa it was a thriller book and it's good um, i think mike i think you know it's carrie um on Twitter, it was really. She's oh. uh, from up there in Washington, Seattle. Yeah, uh, it's it so good. I really, <laughs> really enjoy it. If a book like sinks in and sticks with you and hangs around inside you for a couple of days after, that's that's a good. To me, that's a good book. Yeah. Um, or the or if the characters stay with you, like uh, the Zeus guys stayed with me because I love Greek mythology and like. Like I said, like J.B. Rockwell's book, like you just sit there and go, oh, those characters, when they make a home inside your head, you know, that's when you that's when you really love a book. Now, yes, I have read books where I was on a book, to- a book tour, a blog tour, <laughs> um, and uh, it I just couldn't <laughs> I even asked my friend because we did a uh, dual blogging. Uh, so the author got two reviews out of us on the same uh, same blog, hers, um, yeah. hers and mine. And we were the only two at the time that were doing that. And, uh, people loved it. And, uh, it, it, I asked her, I said, is it just me? Am I in a bad mood? It, this book is like terrible. Like, <laughs> and I don't say that about some, there's some books that are kind of dumb, but the story's so interesting that you read it, <laughs> you know, you can say, this yeah. wasn't, this someone needed an editor pretty bad, but this story was a good story, you know. Yeah, it um, has a good idea, a good concept, or something, you know. Right, and yeah. she and I were just reading it, and we had to actually email the person in charge and say we're sorry, we can't finish this book, but and because we weren't enjoying it, and it wasn't, we just said it wasn't for us. We tried not to be negative, and uh, um, we said, but we will do a promo post, which is this book is out. This is what the synopsis. This is where you can buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we still promoted the book, but we didn't leave a review because we both agreed that it just wasn't. Well, that's uh, that's kind of yeah. what um what I thought too about like things that we talk about on here, 
I like to think of them more of like recommendations than reviews, yes. you know. And if we, if there's if there's just something we didn't like, but the person wanted us to mention it, then we just mention it and leave off the part about how we didn't really care for it as much, you know. Yeah, it's. I, I like I like to encourage, as most people know, I like to encourage people if if you're writing and you're just not feeling it, or if your book is just sitting there in in the flow of the sea of all the other books it's like okay it's good don't think it's ne- it's not against you yes i'm just one person but other people like it. oh look that person liked it too it just needs to catch fire yeah you know? yeah and yeah there's there's so many different people reviewing i mean like you know zeus stead has gotten some really good reviews but on the other hand there's one reviewer who called me a pompous dick koozie there's <laughs> 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 the other and that actually was removed for for abuse uh, reasons so i don't have it anymore but i, I still remember that phrase <laughs> but but here's the thing though it did what, what and, and christine you can probably jump in on this being somebody who does provide feedback that i i know as an artist is i i don't mind hearing feedback as long as it's actionable as long right. as i mean did the person give a reason why <laughs> you know they said that they at least give something <laughs> cite some examples so you can at least you know wring out like a washcloth some kind of Constructive momentum, you know what I mean, to 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 uh, encourage your change, or is it just no, I don't I, like it? Why didn't you like it? Ah, because it's like that's the best answer. Because <laughs> my friend, she got she got a review, and she, I read it on Amazon. This book was terrible. I wasted a day reading it. Why do you need? You didn't say why, and you just left that it. it was terrible, and you wasted a day reading it. How is that going to help the author? Obviously, other people aren't going to be. I sometimes when I go and buy a book, I see the cover first, obviously, and then I read the synopsis is the next thing. So if you have a good synopsis or blurb, whatever you want to call it, if that doesn't quite catch me, and the cover doesn't quite catch me, I head down to the reviews. Mm-hmm. And I look at the reviews. So you're more patient than most people would be. <laughs> like, oh, uh, I didn't catch me that day. I'm, I'm going no, on. I go to the reviews and go, well, the cover, it sounds interesting, but what are people thinking? Is this worth my 99 cents to $2.99? You know, I, I, if I'm buying the books myself and going by ebooks, the only time I pay for that very large price of a book is if they're, if they're a good friend. The, and I want to support them. And that's. Right. The, and usually I'll buy other people copies too because I want to support that person. Um, but if it's for me and I'm doing what's called pleasure reading, which is usually a crap reading, which not <laughs> the book is crap, it's the, 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 the nature of the stories, um, I'll go for the 99 cents, the free, the whatever. But like, like I said, I'll drop down to the reviews. And one time I went to one and it uh, had like two stars, two stars, two stars. And I just went, um, so I bought it anyway. I'm like, I was, I was in one of those periods where I think I had read four, four of these short type of books in a day. I, I didn't move from the couch except to go to the bathroom and to get food. I was just reading. And I had people checking on me. Are you alive? Yeah, fine. Um, and it ended up being, I thought the story was well, but I could see why people gave it two stars it could have been expanded more like you sit there and delve deep and so i leave reviews behind like those kinds i don't do old blog reviews but i'll be like hey book was you know it was it was okay keep going i'd like to see more like i'll say constructive stuff like i'd like to see more could you expand more and 
uh, well, no, Mike knows. I've written, I tried to write a short story. I was trying to write a short story for a contest. I don't write. It's not something I do. Um, my friend says, come on, let's see if we can get in this anthology. We'll write a little thing. It's supposed to be on this age group and it's supposed to be this many words. And so I started one and I gave it to my friends. I'm like, can you read it? I'm getting close to the word count. What should I cut out? What should I do? And the, it never went anywhere. It just sits on my computer and I share with people. See, I don't write very well. Um, um, and it, my friend was like, I want more. And, and which is good. And I'm like, but I don't even know how to expand more. I was just trying to get that story concise and to the point. So that's why, like, people like Mike and J.B. Rockwell and Dean and all those people that can write a book either long or short, I, like, I envy them. And I'm like, you guys do it. You put the pictures in my brain. When I have an idea for a book, I tell one of my friends, hey, I have this idea. Do you think you can flesh it out? Does this story speak to you at all? Because... <laughs> I am, I'll probably write one page and be like, story's over, <laughs> you know, but, um, so it, I, I loved that more comment. Do you know what I mean? Like you want more. Cause I understand that I want more from these characters. I want more. And I think it would be fun to have spinoff characters of this book and this book, you know, I'll sit there and go, Oh, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. And I think that's where fan fiction from people's books come from. You know, you've seen fan fiction from oh, yeah. Twilight, from Twilight, from <laughs> uh, uh, what's the other book? Oh, the show, um, <laughs> True Blood, and things like that. You'll see people writing fan fiction of those, their own stories, their own version of spinoffs on how that would go, and posting it to websites and things like that. And uh, in fact, that's how Fifty Shades came about. It was a fan fiction of Twilight, which yes. which is ridiculous, but yeah. Having read both books, I'm just like, uh... If you want to instantly make lots of people angry at a writing convention, just mention Fifty Shades. Yes, <laughs> exactly. yes. Exactly. Yeah. It, it was a fan fiction of Twilight, and look, I mean, movies are being made. Books sold millions of copies everywhere. Um, yeah, and, and, and no one in the bookstore could figure out why she deserved that fame. I'm sorry, but... Yeah. <laughs> I... I, I will say, um, and I think we discussed it uh, a little bit on one of the shows, um, I will say I read books differently than other people. Um, first, I'll go through and I'll read You know, if it's a book I like, I'll read it once. And then if it's I really liked it, I'll read it again. But when I read books like that whole Fifty Shades thing, I wasn't reading it for the writing, how it was written. Uh, when I was reading it, I was involved with the characters and how they are. And then I got, because I love psychology, uh, <laughs> I was sitting there going, wow. And I was focusing on the character of Christian Grey going, okay, wow. And I didn't see it as bad anything. I was just like, wow, I can understand why he would act that way. Because if you think <laughs> about it, like in my head, just going, do, 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 do. And people are like, you enjoyed that book? And I'm like, yeah, but probably for a whole whole reason that you did not enjoy it you know what I mean like I'm looking at it from this point they're like you got that out of that book I'm like yeah <laughs> you know I just shrug my shoulders <laughs> you know I I I like I like stories if it's a good story and your characters can suck me in you've got me you know if your characters are flat I just go uh. 
and often and and often there can be a, a big departure between the the novel and the screenplay. Oh, I I right. I'm, I'm one of those people that love to see books turn into movies. I just love it because I am a very visual person. You mm-hmm. can tell me you're doing something and I can visualize it unless mm-hmm. it's something I've never seen before. Um, so that's why people say, well, ha ha. And they make an off color joke. I'm like, you just put that picture in my head. Thank you. Because <laughs> I, I am a visual person. Yeah. And so when I read a book, I'm already having it visualized in my head. Um, I, I see characters. Now you see the characters that get put up there and you might not agree with them, but then you're like, okay, that's who they put up there. But then they cut out so much that you're like, ah, damn it. You know, right. <laughs> they cut out this part. Well, they had to cut out or this movie would be four hours long, you know? Um, uh, I, and the people complained about the Harry Potter movies being, I'm like, how long did you actually want that movie to be? You know, <laughs> those are like oh. 17 hours. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I was a Harry Potter person. I read them all. I did. Those are books I loved, but they were so big. I did not read them twice. Um, I, I'll watch the movies over and over again, but uh, they have to leave out stuff, you know, and you sit there and think. I was actually thinking about <laughs> Mike's book the other day about Jesus Dead. Like, I wonder what they would leave out, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that thought scares me. I try not to think about that. <laughs> well, and I'm like, but you wouldn't want that left out. But you know, but that, you know, oh, they could probably leave that out. And I'm like, but that was kind of an important little funny conversation, you know. <laughs> you know, I, and that's how my brain works. I'm a little bit weird. So, do you find the way that you leave feedback or provide feedback, Christina, to your author friends has evolved and maybe gotten more proficient? Uh, over time in other words what you can say that will be helpful versus what really isn't helpful kind of going back to what we're talking about earlier of actionable feedback do you have you found that's been a kind of a a process for you as as being a you know wearing the hat of the reviewer yes um you can be told that uh, some people will say well i don't want you to beta read my stuff because now you're biased because i'm a friend now okay okay and uh i'm like you know, I'm like, I promise I won't be, you know, I can, I can separate it, you know, but I'm going to tell you, that I really, I'm going to probably gush first and then <laughs> I'm going to tell you, okay, right here, you know, and so, but I do tell them if you want a critical opinion, you need to go to someone that's not a friend, mm. you know what I mean? Someone who's never read your work, like my friend, she she wrote this amazing story. I love it. I want to see it out. Uh, she did a cover reveal and it's like a year or so ago. And uh, we had someone correct the book. Not correct. I say correct. Teacher talk. Had someone edit the book. But she needs someone that's not me to read it. And not our friend who edited it. And not, you know what I mean? She mm-hmm. needs, and it's, it's kind of science. It's YA Wink, not science. It's space. Science I, fiction, I, you mean? Yeah, it's not really science fiction. It is. It's space, but it's more. It's like space and fantasy together. Um, sure. And it's YA, and she just needs someone to read it to say, "Hey, she wants the critical information." Because I told her, I said that book needs to be out there. I see it doing so well. Like I'm sitting there, like want to punch things because I see it <laughs> doing well. But she needs a critical eye. She can't afford to pay someone. 
to do something. So I'm like, well, and I posted it out on their on Twitter one day. I'm like, anybody want to read this? You know, because she needed, she needed feedback. But, um, yeah, I, I've been called biased by her, my other friend. I think Dean called me biased once. You can't remember. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, let me read it anyway. <laughs> you know, when you get so used to people's new stuff, you're like, give me your new stuff. Come on, give it to me, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And they're always like, no, you're biased. I'm like, give it to me anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I don't want to be like the rest of the masses. Yeah, so, yes, Jason, I've evolved my... <sighs> I've evolved my critical response a little bit. I'll say, wow, that story got me. Or, or I'll, I'll probably do in the middle, what are you doing with this character? Please do not tell me you're going to kill them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, okay, oh, my gosh, you're going to break these two up, aren't mm-hmm. you? You're going to break them up, aren't you? And I, I'm angry, and I really hate, like, I'll start typing away and sending the messages. Why are you doing this? Come on. And they'll, like, they sit there and laugh. They go, you're funny. Keep reading. <laughs> and now, when, keep... You, when you tell them that, are you saying that because you just generally love the characters, or you think that it actually would would uh, harm the story in a, in a more uh, direct no, way? No, I'm saying that because I genuinely love the characters and I don't want to see it happen <laughs> and I don't want uh I don't I tell them I'm like okay I know this is a process people have to go through um I know this is a process people have to go to in a story I'm like but like I mentioned before please don't make your book predictable mm-hmm. and um and she goes yeah no 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 don't worry and um another book I read and if you all had a chance to read it was the princess paradox by carrie turgeson on twitter oh it's not on uh amazon right now because she had the same problem you did mike (laughs) Uh, and uh i read it and it was not a story that flowed like everybody else's it did not end like everybody else's and i absolutely loved it and i'm i'm blessed to actually have a i have it on my uh kindle and i bought a copy before the press went out and i sent it to her so she could sign it for me but um, oh, cool. It's it, it's a story, you know. It doesn't follow that. I meet someone, I break up with them for a little bit. We get back together. We live happily ever after. Here's the epilogue where we're having babies. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty much all the romance type novels out there. You know, break up or meet someone new or someone has a drug problem and they get over it with the help of, you know, but they still have to break up. That's the the whole thing of the romance. And hers was not like that. And it was just totally, I was, I left a review. I shouted it from the rooftops for people to buy it until it went out <laughs> of nowhere. Um, I love a book that has a new idea and, uh, or a new, and that's what I keep my friend. She says, I want to write. And I said, you got to write something that no one else is doing. You know, I have one thing to ask since we're on the subject of writing and everything like that and formulating stories and putting things together. Like I had come up with one that I'm kind of not really I've sort of given up on it because as I got more into uh, understanding what the Shannara was a Terry Brooks. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, and then having watched like most of Thundar the Barbarian. I now realize where I got this idea in my head was mm-hmm. because I was writing the exact book of Thundar the Barbarian. <laughs> but I but I had these characters starting out in an adventure that in my in my head it was what if like 
there was some kind of apocalyptic thing that sort of reset our world back to the medieval times. You know, that was our level of technology afterwards. Everything computerish was like wiped out, cars, everything. And you go so far in the future that those things are old relics, you know. And uh, like the Mississippi River is now called the Old Miss because all they could see on the sign was M-I-S-S, you know. Mm. So over time, it just got called the Old Miss. They couldn't, they didn't know what it was called in the past, you know. So it's kind of like we they lost all records and all stuff and had to start over. And then I realized I was writing the same thing as other people had already done and had done better. Uh, how do you go, how do you bring yourself around to say, no, wait a minute, I might have a fresh take on this, even though it's an idea that's already been done? Do you, do you, does that, has that ever come through your head? Me? Anyone, anyone uh, of you guys, like in any of the creative things that you've done. Yeah, well, I've gone like trying to come up with an idea that I didn't immediately think, oh, no, this is too much like this or this is too much like that. And, right. And that's actually a, that's a question that I would like an answer to, too. Because, <laughs> because yeah, I, it's, I, like, I, it's I, like, should I move forward with it or should I not? You know, it's, right. it's kind of like what... What, what's the best thing to do in a situation like well, that, you know? And it depends. I mean, sometimes it's good to just write it anyway, just to, you know, in terms of just honing your craft. Get it out of you. Yeah. 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 And it's just, you know, even if it's just going to be kind of a, you know, I guess you call it a practice run or something. You're sure. Still, I see what you mean. Yeah. Still or learn things in that. but. Or you might think of an idea or someone reading it might give you an idea on how to make it different. Right. Uh, yeah. um, like, I... I wrote a billionaire. I started it with my friends. We were all going to, four of us, five of us, were going to do a round robin in uh, writing it. It was one of those, um, they call it NA, which is um, adult uh, Fifty Shades quality-ish, not quality, uh, subject um, matter-ish. And it had to do with a billionaire and meeting this girl and everything like that. And uh, we were writing it, and I'm like, you know, I, I told my friends, I'm like, this is the same thing as everybody else's writing. And I said, it's one of those things. Everybody loves this subject. Mm-hmm. Rich guy meets a girl, takes care of her, da 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 I said, it's just going to fall flat. I said, unless there's some other gimmick. Well, it just sat there. It has done nothing either. But um, the one I was writing was, um, that short story was this girl and, uh, you know, in college, she just finished college. I think she's going to a master's degree in uh, psychology. And she's going to the gym in between uh, the summer, the end of the, yeah, summer, start of the summer before fall. She wants to go and work out so that she can have the energy to go into her master's degree. And um, her boyfriend is a bit controlling and he gets a little strange and kind of aggressive with her. And she's at the gym and she's trying to work out and uh, she really enjoys the company of uh, this guy who's become her trainer. And uh, the boyfriend gets real possessive and um, uh, starts to hurt her just a little bit by squeezing her. And uh, I think he hits her. I think I have him hit her. And... um, my whole thing was that she wasn't going to become a victim. I was basically going to have her kick his butt. Um, but I didn't know where to go. I was kind of stuck. Um, I, I wanted her to get stronger and I wanted 
the guy at the gym to teach her to become stronger and how to become stronger. And then she was going to dump the guy, but not before, you know, knocking him flat on his butt. (laughs) (laughs) I I find those kind of women in movies, like the, they call the badass chicks who beat up people. Like that's probably why I like Buffy because she kicks people's butts, you know? Um, I was going to kind of turn it into something that, and it's not something I've read before, but my brain process was just stuck. Um, and going there, so like, yeah, like Michael says, if it's the same thing as everybody is writing, write it down, um, and maybe someone can help you change it. I haven't had someone help me change mine yet, or where to expand. They go, oh, you should expand this part. I'm all into what? You know, <laughs> I don't write, I read, and my mind can only tell me what I've read in other people's books, and I don't want to, you know, copy it. Mm-hmm. So, I guess. <laughs> I know sometimes when I when I get in when I get in a situation like that for like Christina you're talking about your story is 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 instead of the guy being the billionaire what if you made the woman the billionaire right. I was thinking that and you know just kind of it's the exercise it's a funny name it's called false face but what I will do is I will take a, a I will do a false face exercise whereas for example elementary example but let's say I'm going to build a building Right, so you know, you build a building. Think about how tall it is, how many floors, how many elevator shafts, and stuff like that. But to do the false face of that isn't necessarily to take the opposite, but maybe it's kind of an inverse. Maybe that's lack of a better word. But maybe I'll look at it and go, okay, well, what if I was to do the opposite of that? What if I made a subterranean structure? You know, how deep would it go into the earth? You know, how many how many air ducts would I need? You know, so you're just kind of turning it on its end, simply as an exercise. To be able to reveal perhaps some interesting points that may that might reveal itself that could perhaps add to the story. So as an actor, especially if you're doing a role mm-hmm. that has been that has been scripted and done a certain way so many times, if you know for sure you're not trying to be 100% true, then you can have a little bit of play because you do want to make it a little bit interesting, and your director's giving you freedom to do that. Is I will go ahead and take a character like that and kind of put it on its Put it on its side like that. Even if the end result isn't going to be me going 100% false face on it, at least it kind of opens up some parameters to be able to have at least a meaningful discussion. Right. You know, to be able to kind of poke on some of these things a little bit. And some of those discussions might be very quick, like that nah, that just simply won't work for this point in time maybe. But then again, you never know, right? And at least that way it engages a more thoughtful, I think, at least for me, a more thoughtful and intentional dialogue to at least know what you don't do, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, to move to to move forward. So maybe your story needs a female billionaire. We haven't had one of those yet. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Gender swap it. There you go. Yeah, and you know that the whole idea of the gender swapping with people doing, oh, what if so and so was the guy and so and so was the girl? I'm like, my that hurts my brain. <laughs> you know, like the Disney movies. I'm like, yeah, yeah gum. Like, what if it was. Like in Star Wars, what if Leia was the Jedi and Luke was not, and he met a girl that was Han Solo and. But if you piece, if you piece that out, because I understand that can get kind of mind numbing, and and on the surface it might seem basic. However, there might be certain mannerisms that you might be able to pick up. Let's say the billionaire is still in your story going to be a male, end up being a male, but by reversing it, there might be some mannerisms that may come out. By visualizing her as a different gender or a different uh, um, sexual preference, perhaps, 
yeah. you know, religious preference that may bring up traits that could be accentuated even if you that's do end up being the the male as your your original intent of a male being the billionaire stuff like that's that that's true you know that's kind true. of kind of turns it on side make i don't know it makes it kind of fun and i know as an actor i know i get challenged to go huh how can i do that because you try to look at things in different ways which is why i was asking you earlier mike about those specific questions because i have to take you know what you write that gets turned into a screenplay that i have to make that a three-dimensional character <laughs> you know mm. which uh is is fun and exciting i could see zeus's ted Zeus's Ted, Zeus's <laughs> Dead, <laughs> as a TV series, even you know, because the char- there's so many characters that you're just like, no, the movie can't contain them all. <laughs> Actually, I could probably tell say say this now since the time the time has been has passed. But in um, I was actually I had signed a, a, a search agreement with a certain group um, in Hollywood. Who is who is pitching story ideas and everything to various like Netflix and Amazon and things like that? So they were actually pitching Zeus is Dead for a little while for a TV show. Oh, that would have been awesome because they didn't want to jinx it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, man, funny. they should have. Like, can I go down there and like shake people? Hey. Yeah, yeah, right. That is kind of funny too because last year I didn't say anything. I don't think to anybody on the show. But we were also approached. Like, um, is there any way that we could do like a podcasting process show or something like that but after listening to a few of our things they didn't think we had enough uh argumentative people (laughs) (laughs) that's not true how can they uh, they they wanted they wanted like all the drama and us at each other's throats at times like (laughs) i disagree john like like yeah like jason you and i absolutely hate each other in real life if we we could be on the same side of the mic we'd be strangling each other you know they want that kind of drama so they need to find a dysfunctional podcast i've been voted off the podcast (laughs) there you go yeah and there could be like drama for three weeks as you're like sitting out there pouting on the front lawn or something. You know? God, that's funny. That is uh, funny. Well, hey, speaking of writing and feedback and all that, I just sent you guys all my Google Docs, um, little six or eight page short story, so you can tell me what you think of it. Okay. We'll get you will get your small first taste at my uh, style of writing. And one thing that I was wondering about. Um, what is one thing i was <laughs> there right there <laughs> they they do say i have a little bit of uh what do you, what do you say like there's a, there's a tiny bit of narcissism cystic stuff in a lot of creative people where they want to push their stuff you know so they're always yeah. like mine's great you can read it <laughs> you know i read this um for a while and now i have the full book but and I don't know if anybody else did this. I think I mentioned on the show before this lady um, wrote this book. And every Tuesday, I think it was like two chapters maybe or three. Yeah. They were short. I don't know. Just I could read it within half an hour. So however many that was um, came out every Tuesday. And um, they were each 99 cents. Oh, yeah. And, I've heard about that. Yeah. And I bought them I've heard all. about a few people doing that. I bought them all, and it was a story, so it was just kind of like a saga, like, until next week, until next week, kind of like episodes. Yeah. But they were chapters, so when you got the next one, it would start with, like, four or five or whatever. Um, and now I have the whole book, and the book is, like, it's as big as Zeus is Dead is. It's as thick as <laughs> that. And I'm like, I bought this book at a book fair, and I probably paid way more than that by buying 99 cents <laughs> every week. Yeah, but it was kind of fun. 
fun. It was. Yeah. It was. And so and if you hadn't bought it nine cents every week, that might not have finished. Right. And then that's she true too. Yeah. Started another section. I didn't. I didn't quite finish it. I'm like, okay, I got too busy to keep going. So now that the whole book's out, I'll probably buy that one and just read it sometime. Like I have a to be read pile that's big. Hell? What I tried. We, to we do. all do. Yeah, what I tried to do was everybody I interviewed on my uh, on my blog. Um, I some of them I had read their books, some of them I hadn't yet, and so I tried to hit everybody and at least read read one or two of you know most of them it was just one of their books and thought okay I'll go back and do the rest because one of them um, hers is a, a magic type book I read the first one but there's two more after it and I haven't read it because I was like well I have these other people that I've interviewed that I need to go back and read their stuff um, so now it's just kind of making my way my friend keeps sending me books here look because she and I just used to find books that's how we started our blog we would find books that's kind of how we met we met on Twitter and we became really good friends and uh, then we started blogging together and uh, went to a book book convention and we were up for a blog award uh, at a big they have a utopia con uh, every summer in uh, I think it's, it's a Tennessee uh, I don't know. It's an award. It's a convention for writers. There's things for writers and stuff, but uh, they hand out awards to some authors and uh, bloggers and stuff and people who are big supporters and things like that. And uh, uh, my friend went. I didn't get to go, and, uh, and we didn't win. But it was nice to be recognized for that because everybody everywhere knew us. Yeah. You know, because we double double blog you know we double reviewed every book and sometimes we had something every week and i'm gonna tell you burnout came out fast yeah. when you're a blogger and that. when you're a blogger and people find out you're a blogger and people do um <laughs> the big thing is um book tours or blog, book tours blog tours that's a big thing the cover reveals uh blog tours where um the bloggers get advanced copies arcs of the book um, to read ahead of time before the release week. And on the release week, um, you're given a day, Monday through whatever. Usually it goes over a week or a week and a half. Um, and it's it's advertising for the book for that many days. And usually the person in charge of the um, blog tour and the author and then the bloggers themselves are posting stuff constantly every day throughout the day for what is it a week and a half sometimes two weeks yeah having been on the other end of that thing that is exhausting by the way it is (laughs) it is i've only there was times where we were on a blog tour it was monday we had something wednesday we had a different book thursday and friday we had different books so like there was one week where she and I were just reading and I would send my reviews to her. She'd send me one to her and we'd each trade doing posts and it was called burnout. There was one time where she goes, we signed up for two more. I'm like, Oh my gosh, are we going to make it? She goes, <laughs> she goes, how about you read this book and I'll read that book. And we didn't do a double one. We each read one hmm. um, because it becomes, they That's want the you. Volume. Yeah. Yes. They yeah. want you. And especially like, um, I know a lady who has her own, what is it called? promo company uh pr company there you go yeah yeah i think it's later in the evening my brain goes kaput um 
um, she has her own PR company and she loved us. And she's like, will you girls do this? Will you girls do that? Will you girls do this? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's authors that are New York times bestsellers. You girls read my book. You love my book. Will you put it up there? And we're just like, yeah, we don't want to hurt their feelings. And we're like, Oh, <laughs> you know, and yeah, we, we, we authors, we, we see someone's got a book blog and we get greedy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> exposure. <laughs> yeah. So we, we finally put out, we are sorry guys life got really busy and we cannot do this much volume anymore we will pick and choose when we do so right now our blog has sat for more than a, uh, two years it has sat uh, silent um and she was like let's just delete it i'm like no leave them up there no you could leave them yeah it's yeah, one of I the said, things that you did yeah yeah i said let's leave it up there i said if we decide to do that and she goes well what about yours i said mine isn't for reviews it's not um, I will say that I read it and that you should go read it, but I, you'll notice I don't put reviews up there. Yeah, it's more I, I recommendations do, again, right? Yes, I yeah. will I will put up if, if like, for uh, Dragon at the Gate, I will put up a cover reveal. I will put up the release date, and then I, I'll do an author interview. Um, but usually for my reviews or my impressions of the book, for right now, I just say on Twitter, go get it. I take the funny pictures with the book, blah, blah, blah. If an author wants me to leave a review um then they can talk to me about it and it can go up on my blog but i don't want it to be the sole focus you know speaking of i should um we we received uh i mean i got a i got a there's probably a stack of 10 or 12 books that people wanted me to read and review and stuff but i am not a fast reader and (laughs) some of them just didn't interest me at all you know so i was kind of like thank you for the book but i don't have time to review books and after a couple of times of responding back um you know they stopped showing up but if you want to i could just mail you all those as as they come and you can look at them and decide which ones you want to follow through on and which ones not to if you're if you're interested yeah and you know since we're talking and people are probably going to be listening to this soon i will say if you are going on vacation and need a summer reading list, uh, might I recommend Zeus is Dead by Michael Munz? <laughs> May I recommend Serengeti by J.B. Rockwell? <laughs> May I recommend, oh, oh no, you can't buy that book. Never mind. Uh, may I recommend, um, 3024 AD <laughs> by Dean. Uh, may I recommend, oh, what's one I read? Oh, man, my brain. I'm trying to think. Um, Running Home by Julie Hutchings. Um, and then oh, I don't have my thing with me right now. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I tell people if you, you know, it depends. If you're going on a like a vacation and need books to read, load up your Kindle with the following. Well, they can Twitter you. Give everybody your Twitter and then they can get you in. It's, you at, can... Christina, it's at Christina Pryor. There you I go. Was not, I was not creative with my uh, Twitter. Um, when I Pryor, first. Pryor it, with a Y. Pryor with a Y, not an I. Yes. Um, um, there's, okay. Oh, um, there's a book I have not read yet. Um, um, oh, there's a whole series of. Um, uh, wolf books that I've read that are just amazing. Those are YA. I mean, I've read everything from I read everything from YA to NA to sci-fi to 
Uh, whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, Olivia's Field by Carrie-Anne uh, Ramadori. Is it Ramadori? Um, I, I don't know that one. Uh, I think Michael might know her. Um, and then there's also... Oh, if you want a book that will blow your mind, the first one is free right now. It's called uh, Nocte uh, by Courtney Cole. Um, it's a There's a three-book trilogy. Um, I, if somebody asked me, what was it about? And what I said was, it's about this girl and her brother with, um, um, like, emotional... Uh, mental issues and um, the loss of their mom and them trying to be normal. And she meets this guy and I said, and things just kind of get weird. I said, or is it really? So, um, that's, that's just kind of how I, uh, that's just kind of how I put it. it. It's, it's a, um, it's just a book that will, uh, it, it, it it, it's a book that sticks with you because it's it doesn't follow what you think it will follow. So it's free on Amazon. It's uh, N-O-C-T-E, Nocte, by Courtney Cole. And there's Latin in it, which I absolutely love. <laughs> cool. Uh, because That's I'm a nerd. So anyway, there's some reading books to go and read and get you through the, your summer. That's a, thank you. That's really good. It's nice to give those kind of recommendations. And, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to hit her up, find her on Twitter. You can get more cool book things from Christina. I'll take screenshots of my Kindle for you. Here, go buy all these. <laughs> <laughs> and, if you uh, need an actor, please. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Yeah, if you need voice actors, you can call on Jason. And, and you know, I could do stuff too. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mike, just before we go, is there anything that, that um, you would like non-writers to understand with respect to the plight of the writer or maybe an appreciation, not, not an excuse for work, but just as far as, you know, Hey, I wish people oh. appreciate, you know, foo. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, um, hmm. I'm being put on the spot. Oh, that's a big <laughs> First thing that. that jumps to mind is there's a lot of book piracy out there hmm. and it, you know, you, you'll, you'll pay what, Four or five dollars for a mocha on a given day, and you drink that in like what twenty minutes, if that. Yeah. And and the, you know, there's books, and I understand that some people out there they they literally can't afford it, but and 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 I don't really chase down pirated copies of my books because basically it's it's like it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, and it's a losing battle, and I, I always think, well, you know, at least I'm getting exposure, and there's you know people who would pirate the book probably wouldn't pay for it in the first place, but. That said, if you can afford to pay an author for their work, please do. Um, yes. And, and even if That's you great. can't and you enjoyed the book, recommend it. I mean, you know, word of mouth is huge, especially for independent publisher or independent authors. And yeah, just. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> Very good. No, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And don't give me a pompous dick koozie in my review. <laughs> <laughs> pompous dick. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No. Don't pirate books or you'll have this girl chase you down with a lightsaber, a sword, a fly swatter, all of the above. Because my friends work too dang hard on their words here, here. And, their, yes. and their works to have yes. it ripped off and stolen. If you can't afford to buy the book, I will buy it for you. <laughs> and you do not want Christina coming after you with no. a fly swatter. 
<laughs> you know you need to add that quote to your book somewhere. <laughs> I will chase you down with a fly swatter. Well, on that note, let's all get out of here before we get swatted. <laughs> uh, Wonderful talking with everybody today. Yes. Yeah, I got to awesome. get some dinner in me. We ran a little over what we usually talk, but I know. It, wow. It, it was. We were just going and going. So, all right, guys. I'll talk to you. Talk to everyone next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. Woohoo! Thank- Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Get your droids in. Yeah. Bye. Get your droids in. Get yes. Star Wars art in at hashtag draw a droid contest on Twitter and Instagram at Super Awesome Geek Show and at Awesome Geek Show. Uh, keep following Michael Munz for more news on his new book coming in August. MichaelGMunz.com. The right Munz at on Twitter. Also yes. true. And you might want to follow Christina for book advice and re- recommendations. Yes. And you're at. I will give them all to you in multiple tweets. And that was at Christina Pryor again. And Jason is left out because Jason didn't get a Twitter. I know, right? I've taken. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take your advice. You have a Facebook, I, though. I do. I am on Facebook. Yeah. Jason, on Jason Facebook. Connolly, there, right? Jason get Connolly, it. two N's, two L's. Get a Twitter. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> I told him. I told him you should get the actor Jay yes, Connolly you, or something. Yeah, you know, actually, that's, that's wonderful. Jay Con, yes, my old Microsoft alias. There you go. Jay Con. Okay, everybody. All right, have a good day, guys. Take Bye. care. Right. See you. Bye. Bye. Keep it geeky out there, everyone. You've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show with John Adams, Jason Rigdon, Eric Locke, Matt B, and Rob Clifford. The Super Awesome Geek Show is part of Kingdom of the Geeks. We put up new episodes every Friday. You can find us on iTunes and on the website at superawesomegeekshow.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash superawesomegeekshow. Follow us on Twitter at awesomegeekshow. And if you'd like to help, you can support us on Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash superawesomegeekshow. Or make one of the purchases of our fine toys, art, and collectibles on the eBay store, stores.ebay.com slash kingdomofthegeeks. All your support does help, and we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to be on the show, just contact us, superawesomegeekshow at gmail.com. Well, that about wraps it up. Thanks a lot for listening, and see you next Friday on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Super Awesome Geek Show!